Hello, and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education. I'm your host, Jill Anderson. Today, we are talking to Carla Shalaby, author of Troublemakers, Lessons in Freedom from Young Children at School. Welcome to the EdCast, Carla. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you on. So tell me, why did you write this book of all the education books that could be written? You know, there are a number of reasons, both personal and professional, but I guess the most compelling is just the consistency with which, you know, across all the classrooms I was ever seeing, this was just a common feature of all classroom kids, kids who just insisted on their own way. And so despite the just variety of kinds of schools that we have in a variety of kinds of cities that we have, with all the differences across schooling, this is just a central feature of all kinds of schools, kids resisting and kids standing out as different in terms of their behavior. And so I just can't imagine not being curious about this group of kids. How did you go about selecting the children you followed in the book? I believe there are four. And my there's a hunch out there that tells me you probably could have found a lot of children maybe who could fit the profile of a troublemaker. Right. Yeah, I think I could go into any classroom anywhere and there would be a child who would be perfect for this book. Um, but these children were chosen primarily because I did know that I wanted classroom teachers that were very strong classroom teachers because this was not to be a classroom management book. So I actually started with identifying teachers who within their schools were considered really the most skilled teachers. And then within those, wondering even when you have incredibly skilled teachers, where are there kids that struggle? Um, So it actually started with identifying strong teachers and then asking those strong teachers to identify the kids who they saw as troublemakers. These are kids who maybe other people wouldn't identify as troublemakers or kids who maybe in other settings wouldn't stand out as troublemakers. So what matters more is not that objectively speaking they're troublemakers, but that their teachers saw them as particularly difficult to manage. Oh, interesting, because I was going to say, what would you, how would you define a troublemaker? Yep, those, it's absolutely defined by context. And You know, the book tries to argue that pretty strongly, that I know for sure that some of these kids in other kinds of classrooms would go unnoticed, and in some classrooms would be noticed even more. So I think troublemaking is absolutely defined by the context, both of the school and the community, and the interaction between the child and their peers and the child and their teacher. One of the beautiful analogies in the book is this idea that troublemakers are really canaries in a coal mine. And I wanted to know how, as you follow these children, did your own views change? Did you start out thinking one thing and then by the end thought something entirely differently? Yes, that is exactly what happened. That book was definitely a journey for me in terms of my own understanding of what these children are doing. I was trained as an elementary school teacher and was trained very traditionally. I came through a very strong teacher education program, but a very traditional one in which I learned the same thing that I think teachers learn just about everywhere they're trained, which is that kids who are struggling in terms of their behavior need to be targeted for interventions that are personal and individual to that kid, and that, you know, bad behavior is a quality of the individual 
that needs to be shifted at the level of the individual. I've definitely had that as a strong understanding before starting this project. And so if I was met with a kid who had difficult behaviors, I wondered, what could I do to support this kid? And that was always my only lens. This book absolutely, the process of learning from these kids, shifted my perspective to really understanding their behavior as interactional with the context. And having a parent of one of these kinds of kids say to me, you know what, like my kid is, be is behaving in very extreme ways, but he is responding to things that are harmful to all the kids that the rest of the kids just manage to tolerate. And he will not and cannot tolerate that. He is like a canary in the mine. And so it was a parent of a kid like this who brought that understanding. And understanding them as canaries in the mine, as responding to poisons and toxins that are invisible to us in the classroom air, really shifted my whole focus away from thinking I need to intervene on individual children and instead asking myself, what is this behavior a response to in the environment and what is this kid making visible to us that, if altered, could actually make the classroom a healthier place for all of the children. So it sounds like the intervention needs to happen with the adult more than the child in a way. You know, I try to argue in the book that it's not always just the adult. It's not an individual teacher any more than it's an individual kid. Part of it is the structure of the ways that schools are set up and the goals and purposes that we have for schooling right now. I think, you know, the book is arguing mainly that it's a fairly inhumane space for kids, but truthfully it's a fairly inhumane space for teachers as well. And, um, you know, they are getting a lot of top-down pressure to behave in ways that aren't necessarily what, what their heart guides them to do either. So I try to shift attention also away from any individual teacher and say, these are kinds of systems and structures that are failing the human beings in schools at every level. Right. You write a lot about the importance of being human and teaching and value being freedom when essentially the entire makeup of schools operates kind of against that, right? That's right. I think if anybody takes anything from the book, I hope that's it, which is that you know we have to return to an understanding of schools as human spaces. They are not factories. They are not corporations. They are not businesses. They are human spaces where everything is relational and everything is interactional. And so I'm hoping that teachers leave the book, you know, not feeling overwhelmed by the structures that are against them, but actually feeling quite empowered because what I'm trying to say in the book is returning to a place where you are able to be your most human self and where you're able to invite kids to be their most human selves is is education itself sort of is the answer to many of the struggles that the kids are facing and that teachers are facing in those school buildings. Right. You talk about the importance of being able to look at your classroom as as a world in and of itself inside your those four walls. Right. I mean, you know, sometimes I feel so daunted by this political moment and by just the number of assaults that are on, on all at this moment, but the only thing that gives me comfort at moments like this are classrooms because, yes, they offer the opportunity to imagine and to create an alternative world 
just within the four walls of that classroom? What are different ways that we could practice being? What are different structures that we could imagine creating? There really isn't any other profession that offers an opportunity like that. And so I hope that teachers understand their power in a moment like this and really in all moments to think with young people about how do we practice different ways of being in these classrooms that might help us practice different ways of being out in the world that might prepare us for a different reality than the one we have now. I think that at this time of year, we've probably, teachers at least, have probably pinpointed their troublemakers. And what would you say to them? How can they look at these students in a a new way? that perhaps is a little bit more human? You know, primarily it's funny because a book is a portrait of four individual children, but I've never thought the book was about those four children. I had hoped and dreamed that the book would be about helping people see the opportunity that those four children were providing to their classmates and to their teachers to become more human humans. So when people come to me and they say, you know, I read the book, it reminds me of X student, and just please give me some strategies for figuring out how can I see and understand this child differently. The main thing that I try to draw teachers' attention to is the question, what opportunity is this child offering me to teach and learn something about being human, both to myself and to the peers, right? And so how do you shift your perspective away from how do I change this child to make them more comfortable in my classroom space and more well-adapted? You change the question to what opportunity is this child providing me to learn something about how we might relate to each other differently? And so I try to say what are the behaviors that you're noticing what might they be responses to in the environment of the school that you have now? And how will you engage not just that young person, but all of the other children in the classroom to think with you about a way to both identify human needs that people are expressing and to try to meet human needs while also attending to the collective? That, that is not a set of questions you have to have the answer to as a teacher. It's a set of questions you have to learn to ask the young people in your care. So I just always say, where's the chance to learn something? Where's the chance to teach something that this child's offering you? I hope and dream that that shifts the perspective of the way that we see children. Well, I think the book is extremely inspirational. Um, And so anyone who reads it may find themselves able to ask those different questions. Well, thank you so much, Carla, for talking with us today about your book, Troublemakers, Lessons in Freedom from Young Children at School. Thank you so much, Joe. This has been the Harvard EdCast, production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Thank you for listening.